Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your host, Jay Andre. Well, a couple of days later than we anticipated, our suits were in the dry cleaners, and we had to wait for them to be processed and pressed and cleaned and got out. But we are ready to go now, ready to hand out some awards and make some inductions. You are indeed listening live to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Tuesday night, July the 26, 2022. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and it is time to make our inductions for the Baseball Hall of Infamy class of 2022. Like I said, a couple of days delayed. We were going to do it Sunday night, but life happens, and we moved it up to Tuesday, and now we are ready to rock and roll. You you get the real Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame this weekend. You get all the feels. You get all the good feelings, all the good vibes, all the good stories about the big heart of David Ortiz and all the Mini Minoso stories and Everyone else that got inducted, and congratulations to all of them. But some people fall through the cracks. You know, some events fall through the cracks, and some things get forgotten by history. And that's where we come in because we get to fill up that gap and induct some things and let you know some people need to be immortalized and recognized. And baseball might not want you to necessarily remember them, and, and neither does football. And that's why we do what we do. So, Jay, you ready to go? I am. I was ready to go for Sunday. We were all prepped. You were coming back from your trip. And wouldn't you know, it gets to be Saturday night, and my wife reminds me that we have a birthday dinner to go to on Sunday. So I I, I didn't want to be rushed, right? So, you know what? This is our show. Just send the message along. Let you know. Let's move this up a couple of days. Uh, what the hell is it? Nobody's listening anyways. Right, so we can't find it to hell with it. That's right. This will be a this will be a fun one. Uh, we've got an animal. We've got an inanimate object. We've got audio clips that hopefully work this year. So uh, <laughs> I was telling you right before the show, a little, little bit more on the lighthearted side. Um, it, definitely uh, some things that we can laugh at. You know, we, we sometimes we go a little heavy. <laughs> sometimes we go uh, we go down the dark side uh, on these halls of infamy and, and halls of fame. Uh, didn't go there this year. I, I, I'm sad that, I mean, I'm happy for him, but I'm sad also at the same time that Minnie Minoso actually got into the real Hall of Fame because uh, he was, for what we had to be subjected to growing up in Chicago, when they would still roll him out there at the start of every decade so he could be the first player, you know, to play in so many decades. And, and I don't remember which one it was, was when they finally said, no, 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 you're not coming back anymore. And you don't remember I think what it was 1990. It was like, yeah. he's going to be in this, in his seventies. It was like, no, right. we, we can't what a do big, this anymore. What a deal they made out of that. When it was like that first time when they would, I think they might've let him play a game in the nineties. Oh gosh. I think I it was that. the two thousands or when we got to right around the, the, the turn of the, you know, millennia there that, that they didn't let him do it. Cause I remember it happening distinctly 
during my life. And I wouldn't have remembered that as a four-year-old or a five-year-old. So I, I somehow think that might have happened with his last go-round in the 90s because the boys at White Sox, sure, they milked that for everything they could, didn't they? They did, and, and so did he. He, he, he loved yeah. the attention, I tell you. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, no, he was definitely he played in the a, 80s. Uh, definitely what? I think he played in the 80s. I think I vaguely remember the, the hoopla around that. Um, okay. I don't know about the 90s. It's oh, hard man. to imagine, but you know what? It, it, perhaps. Yeah, because it was always that thing that felt like they were trying to get him. They were just going to like sign him to a one-day contract and give him his one at-bat, right? So he could say he appeared. Exactly, yeah. And uh, um, turn it into a sideshow. But yeah, so he got into the real Hall of Fame. So, man. You made me look it up real quick just to verify. Uh, 1980 is last year. He had two at-bats uh, for the White Sox. Finally uh, decided to call it a, a, a decade. Oh, oh why do I remember? That so that's why it's so weird that I remember so distinctly growing up. started in 1949. Oh, my God. Uh, with Cleveland and finally came to an end in 1980. Yeah, they were – I think we remember 1990. I want to say he tr- he tried. I think he attended spring training and and had had, yeah. had every intention of trying. And finally, it was like we we can't do this. No. Yeah, it, it was it was going to become well. It was basically just to be a, a circus act. He was born in 1925. If they let him play in 1990, he would have been old. 64 or 65 years old. Tom Brady's and, gonna do it. But that, but and he'll be winning an MVP while doing it. That's the difference. Oh, <laughs> oh God! So, Minnie Minoso, congrats! All, yeah, hats off to you. You cannot get into our Hall of Infamy slash Hall of Fame. It's not all infamy around yeah. here, you know. So, um, but yeah, this 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 should be a a fun show. This is uh, things that we have. Uh, Many things that we have joked about over the years. I, I want to say we've even got our first meme this year in the Hall of Infamy. So a little little teaser for later. So oh, we're, we're really we're trying tu- to get fancy. We're touching them all uh, this year. So a uh, quick oh. reminder before we get started: I have the uh, master list for all of our Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy oh. inductions. Uh, that I will be uh, updating after the show is over. All you got to do is go over to our blog, in much less detail, blogspot.com, Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy, the master list. There's a search box up in the left-hand corner. If you just type in master list, it'll pop up right there for you. Yeah. Um, and all I can, all I do is is update that post and type in the latest. But if you want a, a thumbnail sketch and just go down the list of uh, all of our inductions starting back in 20. 20- 11 with Jay's first uh, NFL inductions. Wow. Uh, all, yeah, that far back. Wow, um, the first 10. That's right. Uh, they're all listed, and if you want to search through the blog, uh, you, some of our inductions are actually uh, written up. Uh, I, I do write up my inductions every year, so you can actually read the uh, the actual inductions. Uh, Jay has got a, a family, a wife, and two kids, but he's got to let that fall off by the wayside. Stuff happens. But there are inductions there you can read, uh, but I will be updating the list with the actual uh, inductions themselves once this show is over. So with that out of the way, I'll turn it over to the Master of Ceremonies this year, the Baseball Hall of Infamy induction done by Jay. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I don't have the Master list for football in front of me or for baseball, but I am going to say I am pretty sure 
that I am about to induct the first animal into the Hall of Infamy slash Hall of Fame. No, I think um, you, you covered that uh, when you inducted the, the the poor pigeon that Randy Johnson Oh, the murdered. bird! Well, that, that was a dead animal. <laughs> oh, this is this a live one. That's this one's live. Okay. We're doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> this animal does think... not die um, <laughs> as good. a result um, of, of anything that it does. Now, the team uh, that was bedeviled by the animal, you might think you know where I'm going, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm going a little differently because obviously – you would think I'm putting a goat into the Hall of Infamy, right? Of course. But I'm not. What I'm putting into the Hall of Infamy is the mascot of the 1969 Chicago Cubs, the Black Cat. So I'm a a lifelong Cubs fan, right? And no team up until even when I was born and even after 84 – and the 98, no, no team is more legendary for collapsing uh, for people who know their baseball history and sadly their Cubs history than the, the 1969 Chicago Cubs, uh, who over the span of the last 40 games or so of the season fell 17 and a half games to the Mets to blow what was back then just each league had a winner and that was it, World Series, right? Mm-hmm. So even though a Cubs team that won 92 games that year was uh, – that would be good now, right? You'd, you'd be in the playoffs. You'd be a wild card held. Now you'd probably win your division if you win 92 games. But no, the 92 and, and 70 Chicago Cubs in 1969, they, they were not able uh, to make the playoffs, and they coughed up a double-digit lead in the standings uh, with – Long losing streaks, losing to bad teams, but nothing epitomized their collapse more than an incident at Shea Stadium uh, where Ron Santo in the on-deck circle all of a sudden was sort of bedeviled by Abe Cat. Now, how the Black Cat got there is sort of its own myth because uh, there's people who are like, well, we don't know. There's people who said it was the Shea Stadium grounds crew. There are people who think that it was one of the Mets players who actually put the Black Kitten on the on, on the field, but this is in the midst of the Cubs having a, just a horrendous losing streak. Uh, they were had lost five in a row. They were just plummeting in the standings. They're, they're getting chased down by the Mets. It's like one of those things like you, you know it happens, especially in baseball, right? When you just it, – it's one day at a time, but you just know it's just like you just, you're getting just chased down by these other teams, and you can't just hang to that lead. And they ended up all of a sudden, there's this picture that gets snapped because not a lot of, you know, video of these things. So there's a little bit, um, but there's a famous photograph of Ron Santo standing in the on-deck circle looking back at this black cat that, that gave the Chicago Cubs what seemed to be the final nail in the coffin and the bad luck. And, you know, think about what happened after that when the moniker gets into the seventies and they close the upper decks and now they're the lovable losers. And it's not until the eighties that it sort of becomes the, the party atmosphere, you know, with Harry Carey coming around and the, the bud man and all those things. But boy, what we want to talk about a, a snake bitten franchise where we're, we're going to track down and find a cat, the black cat, get it stuffed, <laughs> dig up the bones, <laughs> 
we're going to put in the mascot of failure for the 1969 Chicago Cubs, the unlucky black cat. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up is you uh, got me excited saying that we're inducting a live animal, and then you go reference a cat from 1969, well, which I'm know, going to be very confident dead. in saying is no it's longer dead alive. Now. It's dead yeah. now, but the, the cat did not die as a result of an <laughs> on-field episode. <laughs> like far the as bird. We know. Like the bird. The bird that exploded. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the... The, the black cat is uh, it is very infamous when you see those old uh, footage the, the old footage and the old yep. uh, almost stop, it feels like it's from the twenties it feels like it's you know footage that's just you mm-hmm. know, stop motion because it's so old and ancient now it's all but, grainy uh, and sepia tone <laughs> and the and the characters are barely moving but there is movement from that that black cat and that that cat is darting. Uh, around Bronzano and and uh, making a perfect metaphor for the season for the the, the snake bit Chicago Cubs. Uh, you, I can you can all see the the footage in your minds when you think about the uh, the, the 1969 and the Miracle Mets and all of that. But the the Cubs had to collapse to allow the Miracle Mets to happen. And uh, yeah, perfect example of that 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 bad luck that it takes to drop 17 and a half games. Uh, that, that that takes a lot of effort and a lot of bad luck uh, to drop that many games to a team in such a short amount of time and let them come all the way back. It's uh, it, it, was that correct? Seventeen and a half games that they dropped to the Mets. That's what the total uh, change in the standings was over the last quarter of the season. Seventeen and a half games. I believe so, the Cubs started September with a seven-game lead. Man, yeah, so September the, with a seven-game lead. <laughs> So there's something about uh, New York underdogs finding a way and wrapping in a little bowl with that 17 and a half number, because I believe going back to your one of your original Hall of uh, Infamy inductions in football would be Joe Namath's guarantee, and yeah. I believe the Jets were 17 and a half point underdogs oh, in that Super Bowl oh, that they spooky. won. So you got, yeah, you need that X Files music, man. <laughs> it just comes comes all the way around. Something about that number, seventeen and a half. But yeah, so yeah, so you know, we're not one of these. Uh, we're not one of these shows that's just going to go and find everything that happened in the last five years and throw it in. We we went back to uh, September the ninth, nineteen sixty-eight. Now that's that's going back a ways. <laughs> As before, we were even born. So, we, yeah, we're covering everything infamous in baseball. You never know what we're going to put in yeah. because we could you don't, reach you don't, back. You for... Yeah, yeah. You don't grow up knowing the history of your team, or even you know, and just things in general. That's a very famous. Yeah, like you said, the Miracle Mets. But you only get the Miracle Mets if you have the other side, right? Somebody's got to pay the price, right? You know, everybody right. wants to talk about the Patriots twenty-eight to three. Somebody had to be up on them twenty-eight to three, uh. <laughs> right? And here's the Cubs just just coasting to the World Series, uh, which would have been their first World Series uh, in twenty-four seasons because the la- they last time they had made it was uh, nineteen forty-five, and they had been twenty-four years without. And at that point, uh, sixty-one years since their last World <laughs> Series championship, it would take them another. Uh, uh, 40 years uh, almost 
to get back and finally win the thing. So you, you don't grow up rooting for the Cubs or grow up in Chicago, such as such as both of us, uh, without knowing the story. And, and that's a team just chock full of Hall of Famers. I mean, right? I mean, these are Chicago legends on that team. Bill, Billy Williams, Fergie Jenkins, Billy uh, Ernie Banks, Ron Santo, right? Mm-hmm. Just, not not bad players. They just no. couldn't, couldn't win the big one. They won 92 games. It's not good, bad. Good, good year. <laughs> <laughs> let's oh. eliminate that whole September. Let's just forget about that part of it. But other yeah. than that, yeah, real good year. Way to go, guys. Well, well speaking, of, uh, speaking of miracle teams and miracle Septembers, we'll move on to our second inductee into the Hall of Infamy here. Sort of the flip side of the first. Right, so we're going to go from a, the, the team that was on the the opposite end of a collapse, or on the idea that that yeah, that was a team that collapsed, to the team that surged. Um, however, it's not without its question marks. So we're now going to go to our second entry, and it's an inanimate object, and uh, we're going to go and we're going to track down the untouched home plate at Coors Field that Matt Holiday never scored on in the wild card game in 2007. Still waiting. Still waiting for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there have been frame-by-frame analyses done of this play uh, between the Padres and the Rockies at Coors Field. Um, it, was the, it, was the, it was a game 163. It was a back-and-forth, high-scoring game, and Matt Holliday uh, ties the game in the 13th inning with a triple. Ties the game, then tags up to score on a sacrifice fly, and he ain't still never scored. <laughs> so the, the home umpire decided he was safe uh, after waiting <laughs> what had to be an interminable amount of time, right? After getting blocked, uh, we could have put the ump in, but I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash Tim McClellan. Um, you know, he, he wasn't a notoriously bad umpire. This wasn't a an imperfect game type situation either. Uh, he waited a really long time. The ball got away from the catcher, but that was Michael Barrett. But what really should stand out is Matt Holiday never touched home plate and was called safe. And uh, yes, every every photo analysis, every picture, every frame—it's the Zapruder film of baseball. <laughs> will you you will never see Matt Holliday's hand ever touch the home plate at Coors Field? And uh, I know that has been a long-running joke between you and I. It shouldn't be a very hard relic to find uh, a home the home plate from Coors Field. I'm sure that's somewhere. Uh, that it should be somewhere, uh, you know, immortalized on the wall in uh, Matt Holiday's house. <laughs> and of course Pristine. behind glass because he still can't touch it. Exactly. Pristine, <laughs> completely clean, no fingerprints at all. None. But the Rockies, uh, people who remember the Rockies, who ended up taking and springboarding off of that and going all the way to the World Series, that was that impossible, you know, improbable run. The Rockies were a, a trash team, you know, going into – September of that season, and then all of a sudden, they have a just a September you couldn't believe, and it, it you know 
I believe here it is, the end of August, towards the end of August, they were only one game over 500. Wow. And then they won 13 out of their last 14 games to force the tie with the Padres and get the game at home, and it's a wild game back and forth, and Matt Holiday doesn't score the winning run. That is the winning run. And then you and I, I know, have joked about it countless times in person on this show. It is a running gag, and we, we have to immortalize it. Uh, the home plate at Coors, the untouched home plate at Coors Field. It, it's incredible that we have uh, always thought about that and joked about that because we were, we both saw the play. We both yep. saw the highlight. Uh, and everyone, uh, I think ESPN was commenting on it on SportsCenter. Like, um, did, did he ever actually, did he really, he didn't really score, did he? So the he announcers, kind of, the announcers, as it happened, said he didn't do, touch home plate. And eventually, like you said, the umpire just kind of awarded him the gift. Like, you know what? <laughs> Man, it, sure. You almost, almost got concussed. You got knocked the hell out. Uh, yeah. You can't reach home plate because you're lying on your back because you just, you got jacked up trying to uh, blow up the catcher at home plate. And, uh, yeah, you know what? I'll give it to you. You, know, you, you earned it. You, you, you tried to injure yourself trying to score. You never did touch the plate. The ball got away. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead. Let's go, go, go advance to the World Series. We'll, we'll give it to you. Go, go right ahead. So that was sort of uh, the, the most gift. Of, you know, there's a lot of gift runs out there due to bad umpiring. Um, and yeah, like you said, that's not one of the worst umpires out there. Uh, that's just a, you know, a, a bad mistake that happened, uh, but it will be immortalized. It will be remembered because it deserves to be because Matt Holiday never touched home plate. Never. Uh, like, like you said, it, it should be in his house or it should be on the wall at Coors Field uh, behind glass where no one can touch it because it's completely unmolested and untouched because nobody <laughs> touched that plate. Um, so very fitting uh, induction uh, that has a small tie-in uh, as well because uh, Matt Holiday's kid was uh, fortunate enough to be selected number one overall in the draft this year. Yeah, so congratulations to the uh, Holiday family. Um, and a shout-out to uh, his son, Jackson, and, and uh, a shout-out to Matt, the father. And, uh, you know, a lot of people get remembered for a lot of worse things than this, I guess is the way I can put that. So not, not the worst thing to be remembered for. Maybe not the finest moment, but, hey, uh, it, it was very memorable. So a very fitting induction. Yeah. So, like I said, we're, we're just checking boxes, right? I mean, these are – Especially the Matt Holiday one. We, we that we joke about that. It just it's just one of those. It's on a schedule, and it's like, oh, we haven't joked about Matt Holiday in a while. Like we're gonna be, you know, celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary, and we're gonna call each other and say, "Has Matt Holiday touched home plate yet?" Was I, I don't. I, we're still waiting. We're, we're still waiting for it yeah. to happen. You know, your kid's gonna go to the to college, and look, still hasn't happened. Still waiting. So yeah. Well, and, you know, it's even worse. Is you know who's. Uh, who's lost in all of this, right, is what, what an absolute, like, master class in blocking home plate sure. <laughs> Michael Barrett put on on that play. A little too, too, a little too good, apparently. Too good, because he first he stops, he stops his hand with the foot, then he drags the foot with the hand almost all the way around home plate so that, that Holiday just could never – get that hand onto home plate 
And Matt Holiday, like you said, he completely sold out and pretty much knocked himself out in the process. Um, mm-hmm. But, hey, I guess they gave him an A for effort. Right. I mean, if, if you could reward Donald, Donald Parham last year for knocking himself out uh, on the turf, you would. You, if you could give him the touchdown – you couldn't you couldn't do that on that situation because the ball clearly came out before he knocked himself out. But yeah, the, the A for effort and the A and the yeah. effort, you know, putting everything you have into it and, and almost killing yourself uh, trying to do what you need to do for your team. Uh, Holiday did that and never never touched the plate, but he got rewarded for it. So yeah, good for him. Yeah. So we'll move on to a third one, and you know this is. Uh, a first, you know, baseball is all about having its firsts, right? Or, you know, or having things that have only happened so many times in a, in a, in a game that's been around for over a century. Yeah, you know, talking 130, 140 years that we that they've been playing baseball, keeping stats, and you can hear every once in a while about how the stars all align. Something happens that's never happened before. Uh, we're we're going to award something to a player who is the beneficiary of a baseball first. It's only been done four times ever in Major League Baseball. So this guy's a pioneer, right? Okay. So he's a pioneer. Uh, we're going back to the year. You're going to love this. We're going back to 1962. Right. Another one before we were even here. Awesome. 1962. Uh, for a player, for the Mets, with a batting line of 195, no home runs. No RBIs. This is good, right? Eight hits in 41 at-bats. This guy's going into the Hall of Infamy. It was a the big for 12 years. The 12-year player, you know, from 1950 to 1962. This guy was in the majors. He had 41 career home runs. And this man is the owner, and he can, he can never take it away from him, of something that has only happened four times. And he was the first. His name is Harry Chitty. He's Harry the first player. Chitty. Harry Chitty. C-H-I-T-I. People are going to have to look him up. He is the first player in baseball history ever to be traded for himself. Wow. I'm not aware of, of this story, so you're, you're definitely going to have to enlighten me. Well, we all love baseball trades, right? There's the, my two favorite trades. First one is cash considerations, right? <laughs> hey, Dre. Dre. Yeah. I'm going to give you my best player, but I want some cash back. What do you think? I um, Let me get back to you. I'll consider that. I'll consider that. Cash considerations. My other favorite type of player is or trade is the old PTBNL, right? Oh, yeah. Player to be named later. Well, the Cleveland Indians, and I can say that because that's who they were at the time. Okay. Traded Harry Chitty to the New York Mets before the start of the 1962 season. Guess who the PTBNL was? <laughs> Him. <laughs> so after hitting 195 with no RBIs in 15 games, they decided to ship him back. You know what? I think we're going to send him back as the player to be named later. I think he's the perfect guy to send back for him. So, so it's it's happened three other times. Most recently in nineteen nine. Uh, in sorry, um, I believe the last time it happened 
was in 20, uh, 2005. Huh. But it happened four times in Major League history, and we've got to put in the, the pioneer, the man who was so bad that he got traded for himself. Harry Chitty. Harry Chitty. Uh, not, your, our, not your, your boy Dickie Knowles was the third one that it ever happened to. Dickie Remember Knowles? Dickie Knowles? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Former Cub. Cubs traded him to the Tigers. Guess what the Tigers said? Uh, you can yeah. have him back. You can have him back. <laughs> they traded him for himself. So, yeah, I, I was always been aware of uh, that this was a thing in baseball. So I had had this always in my list of things because I thought it had only happened once. And, of course, as I'm going through, it turns out, no, it's actually happened four times that uh, somebody so poorly worded a trade, you know, I'm guessing that they don't put these wordings in there anymore. That the P- Now, most of the time, the, the PTBNL is off of a pool, right? Usually there's like a list, and then the other team yeah, will fuck a guy off of the list. Yeah, five or six guys, and you can yeah, take yeah, one of them. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take one of these guys, and then you can announce it down the road, and that's the player to be named later. So cash considerations, my one favorite. But then, yeah, the player to be named later. But what happens when the player to be named later is you? That, that, that's a whole other, like, side of awful. Yeah, that's just we, – we've, we've thought about this, and we've decided um, we're not giving up any of our actual guys for you. We're just going to give you back. And that's the tra- that's it. That's the transaction. We have officially completed this transaction by giving you back to the team that we originally got you from. Yeah, that's uh, – you know, I'm, I'm big on, on – keeping your mentals together and, and making sure that you're <laughs> mentally strong. That's pretty demoralizing when, when a team trades for you and has a, has a sample for you and uh, has a sample of your skills and decides, you know what? Yeah, we, we don't want you anymore. Go go back home where you came from. Get out of here. So, that's, so. <laughs> that's different. That's, I, that's, a, that's definitely an angle I would not have thought of. So good, good job on you there. Thank you. The Hall of Infamy. Look, we find everybody, and we found hey, Harry, a... Harry Chitty, who will never be in the real Hall of Fame, no, judging he's... by his stats. Oh, I don't think he's getting near Cooperstown. But you know what? He did something that up to that point nobody had ever done before. He was so awful that the team <laughs> that he got traded to just said, yeah, no, no, no. I'm good. You, you take him. Yeah, let's just – no harm, no foul, guys. Uh, so, first player in baseball history ever to be traded for himself. So I've gone back to the '60s twice now. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, to step up my game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. For this next one, I'm going back to your favorite baseball season of all time, 1998. <laughs> <laughs> that 1998 was one of the wildest, right? I mean, we have to agree. 98 was one of the wildest seasons ever. It cost you a lot of money. Um, that was, was that the, that was the Sosa McGuire season, right? That was, that was the Sammy, that was the Sosa McGuire season. That was, uh, with the Cubs making the first ever wild card push. That was, uh, Carrie Wood with the 20 strikeouts, just 20, you know, that was, uh, Navy Perez, <laughs> but, we wouldn't have had Navy Perez if it wasn't for our next entrant. I'll have you play clip A. 
I already know what it is, and I'm gonna have to scratch it off my list. But you you beat me to it. But you you deserve it. It's your team. So, uh, here is uh, what Jay has informed me is clip A of our Hall of Infamy induction this year. 26 seconds of glory. I'm guessing from Ron Santo. Seven to five Cubs, bottom of the ninth. Two down, the Brewers have the bases loaded and a 2-2 count on the hitter. Here's the pitch. Swung on, fly ball, left field. Brant Brown going back. Brant Brown drops the ball. He drops the ball. Three runs will score. And the Brewers have beaten the Cubs. Yeah, Brant Brown. You know, there's a few moments in history where you can remember where you were, right? I remember where I was on 9-11. I remember where I was when the Challenger exploded. And I remember where the hell I was when I heard <laughs> that on the radio. This is the exact same thing. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, still, it still hits me to this day because uh, it, it was so – it was painful. Yeah. Listening to, to that Brand Brown drop fly ball and listening to, to Ron Santo. I know Ron Santo lived for years after that. That was the day Ron Santo died. Like he broke. <laughs> like that was every that was every Cubs fan. You know, because you want to talk about you know Homerism, right? You look up Homerism uh, when it comes to broadcasting. There's nothing. Nobody had more Homerism in them than Ron Santo. And his love of that team, right? He was, this is even Ron Sandu was in the picture with the black cat. Same guy. <laughs> and he was he was just he bled Cubby Blue like no one else. And yeah, Brant Brown. It, it was uh, it was September. It was hot it was for for late September. It was such a hot day. And I remember I was stuck in bumper to bumper traffic. I was on the Eisenhower. I was out by River Road. You know where I you know where I'm talking. Oh yeah. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm listening to the game on the radio, and the Cubs are doing this wild card push, right? The first ever season of the wild card. First ever season that the Brewers were in the Cubs division, because that was realignment when we went to the wild card. Cubs are up there in Milwaukee. They've got the lead. They've got the, they've got the two-run lead. It's the bottom of the night, and everything's going great. We're a big shooter, Rod Beck, right, on the mound. And he uh, just gets R.I.P. shooter. The big shooter, lazy fly ball out to Brant Brown. And you want to watch somebody just take that circular. You know when the guy takes the circular path that something bad's going to happen? Uh-oh, I don't think he knows where he is. He's circled around that ball, and then he puts up the glove, and and you literally hear the moment on radio when when Ron Santo, when he broke. It was just, that was just snap. Deceased. And that, was, that wasn't just him screaming that. That was that was all that was all Cub fans. And they did everything that they could to blow that wild card in '98. Uh, there was a game I believe down in Atlanta where, where Terry Mulholland uh, fielded a bunt and threw the ball so far down the right field line. <laughs> I think the guy ended up on third base. Uh, yeah. It was the whole thing. It was just everything that could go wrong for that team went wrong. They even lost the last game of the season because after that loss in Milwaukee, they had a three-game set in Houston. They lost that last game in Houston only to be bailed out by your previous Hall of Fame in Nafi Perez. A whole other story. But these are these are linked because yes. they are. 
we don't get to that Davy Perez and, and all that and you know the three run bomb in the bottom of the ninth off of Rob Nen. Yeah. If if we don't have Brant Brown and it, it you want to talk about getting off the hook, right? Because imagine that Davy Perez doesn't hit that three run homer. And Rob Nen closes that game out. <laughs> and the Cubs missed the wild card by a game or a half a game. Man, that lazy fly ball in Milwaukee suddenly gets a lot bigger. But that—that uh, that is a very – for people who have never heard that sound drop, when you hear that, that screaming, that, was, that wasn't just him. That was, that was all of us. That was everybody listening to that game on the radio, in their cars, on the trains at that time. When he dropped, it just Pat used, he dropped the ball. (laughs) It was a very rare time where we both were hearing a Cubs moment on the radio at the same time. I just happened to be coming home from work. Yeah, it was an afternoon game. It was an afternoon game. So, yeah, four or five in the afternoon. um, I'm listening on my my Walkman uh, coming home from work and getting into my apartment, and and I'm hearing that happen uh, live on the radio. I'm like, oh, my God, really? He dropped the ball? And, you know, it doesn't even do it justice when you see the highlight and see how easy of a fly ball it was. Yeah. See him to, yeah it was, oh, yeah, it, it hurt me, and I wasn't a Cub fan at the time, but that's how painful it was to, to watch it, um, and it was painful to hear it happen. It was it was more shocking to hear it. Like, really? <laughs> that just happened? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, you talk about uh, infamy, and you talk about what happens if Navy Perez doesn't come through, and um, that whole thing very briefly is uh, Navy Perez of the Rockies hits a home run in a different game off uh, Giants yeah. closer Rob Nin. Three, to... three days later. Three days later. Uh, yeah, after the three days after the Grant Brown yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, as you said, the Cubs had lost on the last day of the season, which puts yeah. the Giants, all the Giants have to do is win and beat the Rockies and they're in, there is no, uh, game 163, right. but by virtue of Navy Perez hitting that home run and, and beating Rob Nin, who was at the time, one of the best closers in baseball, uh, that made the Cubs and the Giants tied after 162, which meant the Giants had to fly to Wrigley for a game 163 to determine who actually won the wild card spot. And in that game, uh, Gary Gaetti and Gary the Gaetti. Cubs come through and beat the Giants and move on and, and actually make a wild card uh, appearance. And yeah, they, get swept were, by the, they got swept by the Braves. They get swept by the Braves. What you were referencing <laughs> to, for me, uh, the, how painful that was yeah. for me. It wasn't just being a Sox fan and a, and a Cubs hater. Uh, it cost me monetarily. At that time, the Cubs had not made the playoffs since, what the fuck, uh, was it 89? 89. Um, 89. They won the division in 89. So this, Nine jerk, at my, so this jerk at my job, uh, Jerome, uh, bet me a, a significant amount of money, and, and we were into betting big amounts of money at that time in our lives as we were in a, you know young and in our early 20s and, and doing stupid things like that. So, God, I want to say it was about – it, it might have been five large. It might have been 500 bucks um, that the, just to make the playoffs. And this was like early – not early in the season, but like not right there in the last week either. It was maybe two months before it got to that point. And my, in my head, I'm thinking this is easy money. The Cubs don't make the playoffs. They always fall short. Of course I'll bet you $500 that the Cubs aren't going to make the playoffs. Why would they make the playoffs? It's the Cubs. And then Nate Fever has happened, and that's the end of that. 
so yeah, it's uh, very, very uh, painful yeah. memories for me. Brand Brown was absolutely on my list to be uh, inducted, but I think we even discussed the the fact that Brant Brown is almost uh, something that belongs to you as a Cubs fan, and you should induct him. We probably discussed that a couple of years ago that I wasn't going to do it because ah. belong, because it's something that you should do as a as a Cubs fan. But yeah, you talk about infamy. Uh, when you think about what happened uh, with with Bartman as far as eliminating the Cubs from the playoffs in a moment where it was just fate accomplete that they were going to make the playoffs yeah. or make the World Series rather in that in that instance. As infamous as Bartman became for that, this, if Navy Perez doesn't happen, Brant Brown is probably about as infamous before the Bartman thing oh, ever yeah. happens because, no. as you said, he's that, was cat, that was it. He's Bartman. He's, uh, he's 84. Uh, he, he's all of it. He's all of it. Uh, it he's was, on the Mount Rushmore. It was right <laughs> there. They, they, were, they were right there. They had that game all wrapped up, and all of a sudden, Seven to five Cubs, bottom of the ninth. Two down. The Brewers have the bases loaded and a two-two count on the hitter. Here's the pitch. Swung on fly ball left field. Brant Brown going back. Brant Brown drops the ball. He drops the ball. Three runs will score. And the Brewers have beaten the Cubs. So a few things yep. about that clip hearing it a second time. Seven to five in the ninth, and the base is loaded. The only way that gets blowed up is if Brant Brown drops that ball and allows all three people to, to circle around right. and score and win that game, and that's exactly what happened. Oh, it was I'll... such a fait accompli that Pat Hughes started saying that he makes the catch. He said Brant Brown, mm. he was yeah. going to say makes the catch, except he didn't make the catch. He dropped it. Uh, it was so that's how uh, easy of a catch it was. It was it was absolutely a routine fly ball, and he and he just I don't know if he lost it in the sun or what, but he just dropped it. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, Ron Sandel absolutely was deceased. He, he died that day on the in the booth right there. I, I will quote now Pat Hughes because it's funny that we call this the Hall of Fame Hall slash Hall of Infamy. Uh, here's the direct quote uh, from Pat Hughes talking about that moment, right? Yep. It was the kind of despair you'd associate with someone losing a member of their family. <laughs> His call will live on in Cubs lore, in infamy, you could say, because it was ah. such a tough loss. There it is. Pat Hughes setting up our Hall of Infamy 20 years before we ever invented it. When, when you get to that bust or whatever, that... Oh, that's on that's, the wall, right? That's, because that quote epitomizes Rod Santo basically <laughs> dying in the booth. Um, I can't believe we've been on the air over a decade now. And it's the first time that we've played that clip. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's the money quote, too. That is absolutely uh, – it absolutely was an infamy. And it's lived in our head because we both heard it. Because we, 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 if, not if one of us – Yeah, we you, – you, Hearing it now, yeah. oh, 24 years later, it, it's not as painful, but you remember the pain. Like, I Definitely. remember the pain, which is funny because you're probably remembering the other side because you went up and you, as I, you know, as the Cup fans went down, you went up. <laughs> I was more in shock than anything. Like, really? Right. That but then you're probably like, happened? oh, man, you're counting the money. You're spending that money. Oh. Uh. 
Yeah, um, man, it was uh, it it was something that if we if one of us had never had had not heard it live, we probably don't know about it. But you, you probably, had to feel that, right? That, you had that to was, have heard it uh, as it happened to get the full power of what it what it was and what it yeah. meant. And I don't know if Espen was necessarily playing that radio uh, as part of their recap, but they they may have. I, I don't want to. Uh, right. Take that away. They, it was so painful and so incredible. They may have said, "You guys got to hear the radio, uh, the Cubs radio version of this uh, as we go back and, and play the the replay of it." But I, I, I don't know if they did necessarily. I don't remember that, but I do remember listening to it live as I was coming home from work, and you were listening to it live. And so that's a, a that's another big part of this. It's a shared experience for both of us, even though uh, we weren't listening, you know, next to no, each other at the, at the time. time. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we both experienced it at the same time live, and that's something, uh, man, you, you, you cannot replicate that. Uh, you know, hearing it live as it happened with all the implications, uh, that, that's, that's a huge, huge moment uh, in, in Chicago Cubs baseball history, really. So, absolutely, uh, very infamous. I, yes. I'll, I'll move on to the last one here. And uh, we, we, we want to talk about it. This is much more recent, right? So I've bounced all over the place. So we've gone from 1962 to 1969 to 1998 to 2007. And now we're going really recent here. I'm doing my ESPN top five thing. It's the best thing ever because it just happened. Um, Instant classic. Instant classic. Well, this truly is an instant classic. We're going to August 19th, 2020. Play the clip. All of Fame 2022, second clip. 31 seconds of glory. I have no idea what this is. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, ah. I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. Uh, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. <laughs> Tom! Tom! Tom Reynolds, everybody! <laughs> and another one I got to scratch off my list, you bastard. Oh, I got to beat you to it. I was going to put that in the Elia wing. Oh well, yeah. This is basically it goes in as a, as, as a quote, right? This is an audio visual one. Uh, the, the the Ron Santo <laughs> thing that was Brant Brown dropping the ball, but it's also you Brant Brown dropping the ball doesn't mean anything if you don't have that audio drop, right? Right. That's just the drop fly ball to lose a game. However, Tom Brennan, and this is all on him. But yes, this is definitely uh, this, you wanna, this, this was what I said. I'm, I'm putting in the first meme. <laughs> uh, boy, they're still they're still memeing the hell out. You go on Twitter, you go yeah. on Reddit, you go anywhere where something bad just happened, and and you will have and you will immediately have somebody post something, and it could be like the worst thing ever. I mean, you you'd have these like you, you it, I don't want to get dark, but you'd have even stuff like there'd be like a school shooting or some mm-hmm. murder or something, and somebody'd be posting about it, and then go, hey, there's a truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the Rick roll of 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 sports memes. 
uh, you know, you could be thinking you're reading something really serious, and, and there's a drive in the deep left by <laughs> Castellano, so that'll make it a four to nothing. Oh, my God. Uh, for people who don't know, Tom Brenneman got caught on a hot mic, give, basically saying a gay slur, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he calls a city, unknown city, and people can speculate as to where he was talking about, but basically said it was the, the gay capital. He didn't use that word. Uh, but it was the, like the gay capital of the country. And he was just on the hot mic in between innings, uh, got busted for it, and then gives sort of the, the non-apology apology, the old, oh, I'm sorry if I offended anybody apology. And then in the middle of all that, it's funny too, because in the audio drop, you actually hear the crack of the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> it's got the it's the whole run. And Brenneman just immediately snaps out of this quote unquote heartfelt apology <laughs> to tell us that there's a drive into deep left field. That'll, oh, man. Uh, I made a comment it, earlier tonight that uh, get it again. I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. Uh, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. Oh, there you go. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos to be a home run. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Job here. So I, I apologize uh, to you oh. for for taking that clip because I, I didn't know that you were going to take that clip. And no, there's a no, drive no. in the deep left field by Castellanos, <laughs> and that'll be a home run. Your, your heartfelt <laughs> apology is, uh, is accepted. No, we, we take each other's shit all the time. It's, it's great. Uh, yeah, that's definitely on my list. I got Elia Wing Thom. Thom, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't want to defend poor Thommy, but he was a good broadcaster. Um, but, you, you know... You can't be saying that stuff, you know. It it, it wasn't you were an apology. It's the apology wasn't an apology. It was apologizing like the I got caught apology. It was more like I'm apologizing for getting caught. That was the please don't completely cancel me and take my yeah. career away apology. That's all. Uh, I, I believe I believe Tom Brennan has been completely canceled. Does he even he sure has. anymore? No, you, you can't he find him be, anywhere. Yeah, I mean he might be calling, you know, some. I'd, I'd have to Wikipedia him or find out where he is. He could be calling some independent league somewhere in Pocatello, Idaho. But high, high school softball. High school, high school girls softball. Yeah. <laughs> As there's a drive in the deep left. No, no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you want to talk about that? Became, After that SummerSlam next week. Yeah, that became such a big thing. And like I said, two years later, uh, that is still – Prime meme material, and uh, he got he got rolled pretty hard for it when it happened, and, and just and then the apology just to to throw that in there, um, and then apparently uh, this this goes even further because I guess Castellanos did this to somebody else. Did you see that? Yes. Where there was some like uh, they were eulogizing like a dead war veteran on the air. Yeah. There's and a deep drive by Castellanos. Castellanos homers in the middle of that, too. 
Y'all going to learn to stop talking about real serious shit in the middle of a Nick Castellanos uh, at bat, man. Y'all going to learn at some point. Oh, man. So Nick Castellanos is now forever tied to this. Uh, good ball player. Uh, this is not on him at all. Uh, Tom uh, he Brenneman. had no idea what the hell was going on. Man. Oh, he's just hitting a three-run bound to, to make it a four. That'll make it a four-to-nothing ball game. <laughs> He's just fucking playing, baby. He's just earning his check and doing his job. He has no idea that his, his broadcaster is up in the booth immolating himself in front of the world. <laughs> yeah, just pouring the gasoline on him. Yeah. Um, but still being a professional enough to call the to call the play. <laughs> Make sure to get that uh, home run call in in the middle of telling everybody that you're so sorry for calling an entire city of people gay. Um, yeah. That was... Uh, that was definitely a thing, and yeah, definitely still a, a meme. Definitely still uh, referenced by people in uh, in social media because it was it's just so perfect. It's just you you you're caught doing this thing that you clearly uh, aren't sorry for, or else you'd have never said something like that. Um, you're just sorry that somebody picked it up, and now you're sitting you're sweating bullets. If they had a camera on him while he was doing this, he'd be doing the uh, the the Al Brooks thing. Uh, and in broadcast news, just sweating bullets all over himself. But, uh, and in the middle of all that, here's a guy doing his job and hitting bombs, and uh, Tom has to stop himself. And, oh, wait, there, there's a deep drive to the left, and maybe I'll focus on this for a second instead of thinking about what the hell I just said and uh, all the trouble I just caused myself and all the money I just caused myself and all the security of my family that I just – although I'm sure Tom will be fine. I'm sure he's made plenty of money in his life. But – uh, yeah, you could hear the panic in his voice. You could hear the, the quivering. You could hear the uh, Cody Rhodes wrestling school grade acting in uh, the, the, the lack of sincerity, the the, the, the fake emotion, the uh, everything was there. And then the home run. Oh, there's a deep drive to the left, and it'll make it for it. Just it's just so perfect. It takes it right out of the moment. Um, uh, yeah, that bomb was definitely going to go in for that because that is it. You, you can't script that. If you wrote that down and put that in a TV show, it'd be like, what is this? That's crazy. No, that, that's, 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 that would never happen. Somebody would not hit a home run in the middle of somebody making a heartfelt apology like that. That was, That's crazy. So yeah. it is, that's perfect. Well, I got to say, that would now make this the mini Minoso of Hall of Infamy inductions. When you think about how many decades that we span. From the 60s all the way to the present day. To the 2020s. We covered it all. Uh, I'll recap here. We've got the Black Cat from the 1969 Cubs. We've got the home plate untouched by Matt Holliday at Coors Field in the wild card game in 2007. We've got the first player ever to be traded for himself in 1962, one Harry Chitty. We've got Ron Santos' oh no moment from Brant Brown and Tom Brenneman with the instant meme classic because he's a man of faith. As there's a deep drive into left, as there's a drive into deep left field by Castellanos. Oh my God. So I told you it was a lighthearted effort this year, but I thought it was a good, it's, it's a good, fun group. Yeah, uh, that's going into the Hall of Infamy this year, and, and as soon as you, I, I, I could hear you on the mic as soon as you hit the Brenneman drop, just laughing. Oh, as soon as I heard, I'm like, oh my god, this fucker did it! He got Brenneman in, and I was gonna do him. Oh. <laughs> it sometimes feels like a race, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there'd be some things I'd take off your list some years, and you'd, yeah. so you'd, you'd, you'd sniper two off of my line. Although, like I said, we talked about Brand Brand a little bit, you know, uh, in the in the last few years. I'm, I'm sure we had a, a like an informal conversation where right. I said, you know an, what, an I could do Brand Brown. Baseball is unwritten rules. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm going to let you have that one because that's that, that, that story of pain really uh, belongs to you, even though it wound up affecting me too. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was a good time. We always have a good time doing these shows. I have updated the master list. It is uh, officially live uh, on our website, on our blog page, in much less detail. Blogspot. Com, uh, Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy. The master list is updated uh, with our most recent inductions. Um, and you know what? We got a, a couple minutes. We uh, actually leave for the first time in forever, leave ourselves like a few minutes in the live show to do whatever the hell we I, want. I was honestly, when I was going through and I'm, you know, this is why I'm glad that we have the back and forth because I was worried that we were going to not fill the hour. I thought we were yeah. going to end up with 20 minutes left on the table because, you know, there wasn't a lot to expand on, but it turns out that when you get into these stories, it really is, especially these last two, um, this has been fun. Um, with, with Santo, yeah, the, the Santo one, like you said, there's that's a story within a story that is just layers. That that whole end of that '98 season is just a sort of ongoing thing, and it's it has pulled in uh, now several uh, members to the Hall of Infamy. Mm-hmm. Very infamous uh, happening. It was very infamous was. year. And Tom Brennan, man, how did how did he not oh. get in last year? I'll tell you what the hardest part was was getting that audio oh is it hard to find it's hard it's hard to find as far as finding it in a audio format that's interesting the uh the the only audio that i've tried to look for that i've never found is um and i believe i inducted them uh anyway was ricky waters uh who for who for For who for what I, I, that does not exist. He even wrote uh, a book, I think, called "For Who, For What." Well, yeah, I mean that's yeah, but but still managed to get that quote completely erased from the internet. It never happened, as far as uh, they're concerned. Wow, good good on him and his people for getting that completely erased. Yeah, well, the Brennerman one's all over the place. Uh, there's there's multiple versions of it. There's longer versions of it because he does keep talking after yeah. that. Um, but it it's a whole thing. It, 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 the punchline is, as there's a drive into deep left field by Castle. It, anything he said after that, after he, it doesn't mean anything. In the middle of his heartfelt it's apology, it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the equivalent of, of of blowing your your buzz. I don't. I've never been buzzed. I don't know anything about it. But ah. I hear you can you know get high or get buzzed, and then something happens that straightens you up. Okay, that took me out of whatever I was doing. I sure. just completely ruined I, I it. Can I, I can get what you said. Yeah, no, they, you, you're trying to give this heartfelt apology, and then you just, whoop, gone. <laughs> wait wait a minute. And there's a deep drive to left, and it takes me completely out of everything. Oh, God, yeah. Now, yeah, that, we'll be doing that forever, too. We'll be in our 70s walking uh, with our walkers, and, oh, there's a deep drive yeah. to left. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to have to get just – I'm going to have to get that and condense that clip down just to the crack of the bat. And then the, as there's a deep drive into – I've got the tools to do that. So now that I've got right. the clip, 
I can yeah. get that MP3 and, and trim that down. So I'll probably end up going into the show and deleting out the full clip, and then we'll oh, have okay. for, forever have <laughs> as there's a deep drive into the yeah. We ever, uh, you would talk about a non sequitur ending to any conversation that we're having because we are the kings of non sequitur. There it is. And there's a deep drive to the left, and it's a 4 nothing ball game. And now we're into the VIP after show portion. Uh, of our program, even more so than getting that, I actually want you to get uh, Ron Sandoz's uh, death cry isolated oh, by itself. It's because... such, you know, it's pulled from radio. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it, and he uses kind of talking like the oh no is there, but then there's another longer no, but, right? But uses sort of talking over it. Um, no, let's get it anyway. We know. It, it, it rings we know out. It's there. We know it rings it's there. out over everything. Yeah. yeah, we know it's there. Um, yeah, famous. That is famous and infamous at the same time in, in Chicago uh, broadcast history. You know, and, and, and yeah, like I said, nobody nobody loved the Cub more than more than Ron Santo. You you just you knew when you were sitting there listening to him call the game. It didn't matter if he was sitting there trying to have contests with himself, trying to peel an orange because that's the thing. <laughs> you know. But he all he wanted was for the for the Cubs to win. That was it. Yeah, the of course uh, White Sox equivalent of homerism is Hawk Harrelson, and I think every baseball city has their God, version man. of it uh, in their lives of a guy that's just yeah. such a homer. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And even with all of the Hawk uh, homerism, as ridiculous as it is, and, and the way that he would cuss out umpires if they didn't give him the call that he liked and stuff like that. I still don't know if he ever did anything quite as soul bearing and uh, anguished as that, no. that death rattle that Ron Sando let out uh, when that ball was dropped. Cause that you could hear in his voice, how much it was hurting yeah. him. It was killing him to see that happen. It really, he probably didn't eat that night. Cause it sounded like it just took every bit of life out of his body. Yeah. The, uh, uh, it's an unbelievable. The le- the legend of that uh, goes on I mean, that that Riggleman, the Cubs manager Jim Riggleman, was in the dugout or not in the dugout, but in the clubhouse after the game, consoling Ron Santo, <laughs> as if Santo dropped the ball and lost the game. Yeah, Jeez. that that's how painful it was. I can't imagine loving a team that much that it takes it out of me like that. For for the team to lose, I didn't lose. I didn't do shit to lose that game. They they did that. Uh, man, yeah, that's that's quite the story. I, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea we had to go down. And, well, I'm sure he consoled Brant Brown because he's the guy that actually fucked up the game. <laughs> then you got to go to the broadcaster who <laughs> took it so hard. Uh, you know, I, I got to say for Hawk that the the most emotion I ever got out of Hawk was. No, dead silence. <laughs> I remember a game they were playing up in Seattle because it was one of those yeah, God, late night you know, with one o'clock that, in the morning. Right, the that's when he got on, the most cranky was out there in Oakland yeah. or Seattle. or And the Sox uh, were on one of those runs where they were just getting their brains beat in. And I remember uh, a, a Corey Seager hit a grand slam. Oh, oh man. It was Kyle Seager, right? 
Oh, okay, Seattle, yeah, former uh, Mariners third baseman, right, okay. Yeah, hits a grand slam off the White Sox that just blew, the, I mean, the game was just blown open. It was already a, it was already bad. I mean, so you could tell Hawk was done with it. And then the grand slam gets hit, and he said nothing. He didn't call the home run. It was just the crack of the bat and dead silence. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. No, nothing. <laughs> Nobody said anything. Seeger ran all, and you could, but it, it was the first time I could ever hear silence. <laughs> because by not, he was saying a lot. The sound of silence. But he didn't say anything. <laughs> and Seeger ran all the way around, and they get this wide shot of him coming down the third, you know, from the upper deck line. He just runs, and he slaps all the guys. It's a grand slam, and they all go back to the dugout, and it's got to be another 30 seconds. It felt like an eternity before he finally said anything again after that. I think he just went into calling whoever the next batter was. But it was just the crack of the bat and just nothing. Just the sound of the crowd all the way around the bases. I, I can imagine it. I probably saw it because he, he did that a lot on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah and then to drop it in the old, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he got extra salty out there because it was past his bedtime. He clearly didn't want to be there. The Sox never play well on, the, on those West Coast trips. And yeah, it, sometimes it gets to the point where he just he let out real cuss words. Yeah. He would often talk yeah. about, man, I wish I could let out a cuss word right now. Dang, coming. Uh, but yeah, when they were on the West Coast, he didn't be those, you know, 11, 12 o'clock local time. Uh, and obviously, three hours past his bedtime, yeah, he would occasionally, God damn it. He would actually, no, I mean, he couldn't, couldn't hold it back. Hawk was a crazy homer, but he never went full Chernobyl. Uh, <laughs> no, he never did that. <laughs> I, won't, I won't play it again. I already played it twice. Uh, yeah, you would have thought that somebody had grabbed Santo and thrown him out of the booth, and he was <laughs> falling to his death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was crazy that we both happened to hear it live and uh, contacted each other later. Did, did you did you hear the radio of that? Yes, I was listening to it. Yeah, because oh. that, that that was a moment. That, that was, was definitely fun. a moment. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, we always like you, was, have a good time, and that was definitely a good uh, good class, good good diverse class, good the the most diverse class of uh, Hall of Infamy maybe uh, of all time. I, oh, I think oh, you really okay. uh, you know I'm all about the diversity. I, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Nobody's more woke than Jay. I always say that. <laughs> I've gone. I'm not hipster Jay anymore. I guess I'm woke Jay. Now you're woke Jay. Extra woke, man. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was uh, that was our Hall of Infamy baseball version class of 2022. I will be here with the football Hall of Infamy induction next week. Um, That's already um, going to be a week from Saturday. Or, or Friday. Um, from, yeah, whatever. You tell me. I'll be there. <laughs> I, I'm hoping Friday. I don't. I, all I know is we, it can't be Sunday. You'll be uh, starting your vacation. <laughs> yeah, I won't be around. You'll be doing that show by yourself. <laughs> um, the, the slight bit of problematic uh, that there might be is that we're, uh, which I meant to mention this on the show, you know, months ago when it first happened, oh. um, the, the situation with uh, my wife's uncle that we were going through that he was uh, in, in the hospital for yeah. a while and um, was, was his heart stopped for a while and it, it wasn't looking good, but he's battled back. Uh, thankfully for that, 
but now we are in a position where we're going over there every weekend or almost every weekend and staying with him uh, because his family members are, are such that really he, he lives alone and uh, his son lives in uh, Dallas and his daughter lives in Seattle. So it's not like they can oh, sure. drop everything and come uh, spend weekends with him. Um, so he has, uh, there's a couple of people that do try to spend the week with him, most of, but weekends are not always uh, going to be something that they can make it. So we've been going over there a lot of the, a lot of the weekends. So uh, that's why Friday, Saturday might be a problem. Um, if I have to go over there, um, then I guess we'll have to do the show Thursday during the actual Thursday. Hall of that, Fame game. That is Hall of Fame game night. It is, uh, which I usually don't even watch because it's, you know, literally nobody's uh, no. playing. No, I mean, you, yeah, the starters, nobody plays in that game. No, everyone's trying not to get hurt. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. The season starting uh, might be a, a bigger issue because if I'm going to be over there every Friday and Saturday, then that means I guess some of those shows I'm going to have to do over there. And I don't think I can do them on the computer over there because this Wi-Fi is not very good. But you're right. So, so I'm guessing at that point, then I'll run the board and you call. Yeah, in? And, I'll, and I'll have to call in. That's probably how that's going to have to work. Yeah. Um, so that's what that's looking like uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, but right, I'm just, I, I, my setup can handle it, so I, I don't have any problems uh, having to run the show. I haven't done it in a long time, um, so but it, I don't have a problem to, doing it. Tonight would have been a problem. I, I couldn't call. I couldn't yeah. post a show on the on the computer like I'm supposed to. I'm on the phone for some reason. I'm on the microphone because. Great. No, I'm 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 on the actual microphone because oh, I okay. called in, I called into the show to host it on the phone. Then I, I, I invited myself on the computer uh, to to come in as a guest, and that's the only reason why I can uh, do it on the microphone. I have no idea what this happened once before, either last year or the year before, where uh, no matter what I did, it would not let me call in on the uh, on the computer. That button to push that says dial in on the computer didn't exist anymore; it just was gone. And so I had, that's why I had to call it on the phone. And I really wouldn't even care about that, except uh, this phone number to call in is out of our dialing plan for some reason. So it's actually costing us money uh, oh, no. to call in. It's like a dollar a minute or something like that. Um, I don't understand why, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, then we don't uh, need to have a very long after show tonight. Right. Um, and, and we won't. Um, but I, I don't understand why it's doing it, but hopefully that will not be an issue of the next show that we do. Um, yeah, I was going to uh, talk about my uh, cruise to uh, to the Bahamas, and here's the recap of that cruise. It was hot. It was July in the Bahamas, Wait, and it was hot. That's shocking. <laughs> and, and I'm not an idiot. I knew it was going to be hot. I just... Didn't know it was going to be quite that. I, I didn't know I, that I was going to step off the boat and immediately just start sweating and, and never. I, I was doing the Albert Brooks and broadcast news. I was I could not stop sweating uh, when I got off of that boat and basically I got off long enough to like buy a couple of souvenirs and then got right back on and get back in the air conditioning. So I, I did not enjoy uh, Nassau very much. It's uh, it's even more people than the last time. That uh, that we went to Nassau, it's it's just so many people in the street. As soon as you get off that boat, trying to sell you things and uh, 
the it people on the boat trying to get out, get in this. Yeah, it was. It, it's fun. It's, no, it's crowded. It's uh, not not well set up. Not well designed as far as the, the street. Right, the, the street is narrow, and there's cars, and there's also all these people, and it's hot. It's it's just not a good combination at all. So, like, it it makes you want to run off to a side street just to get away from all the people. But then now you're in Nassau and you, you know the place you don't know very well, and there there might be a criminal element. I'm not saying that it's uh, like that necessarily, but it just kind of feels a little you know a little dark, a little swarthy, a little uh, like you got to watch your back a little bit, and uh, yeah, not 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 very fun. So. Uh, I'm sure there are very fun places in Nassau, but just not right there where all the tourists are and all the people trying to sell you shit. So we got that. We did that. We did, uh, the next day we're at that uh, um, private island for Royal Caribbean with the, the big water slides and all that. I still didn't get on any of that. Um, again, it was hot. Um, I basically got off the boat long enough to go get something to eat and got right back on. My poor wife is was the reason we, we did this cruise is because it was something that her a travel group or, or travel agency was on this cruise as part of like a sort of a get together, get to know each other, uh, take some classes, uh, pick up some pointers and that type of stuff. So she was like running around on the cruise the entire time. I barely saw her. And then on the private Island, she actually got off on Coco Cay and took a tour on foot, um, which was about 90 minutes. She told me, and she was did after that she came uh she was almost as as wet with sweat as i was uh coming back after that because it was just incredibly hot out there um so i'm sure she didn't enjoy that very much uh but she was a trooper she went to all these classes she got i I would see her in the morning we would eat breakfast and she'd go to a class and come back and we might have lunch sometimes or i might see her for a half hour and she'd go to another class and she'd come back and collapse on the bed and snore for a little bit and get back up and go to another class. And then we go to dinner. Um, so she, she did all that. She hung in there. Um, the funniest part is uh, she actually won another cruise during all of this. Oh no. Um, we're, we're not going to take it. No, we, oh, we can't okay. take it. We, we don't have any vacation time. Left. Neither one of us have any time left the rest of the years. So we've been taking all these vacations this year already. So. Wow. Uh, That's true. We're not going to be able to do that. We're still we're going to Negril, Jamaica next year. We're definitely still doing that. Uh, we might be by ourselves for that too. That's supposed to be a family trip. Um, you know how you, you plan something and everyone's all excited for it, and then you start saying, "Okay, here's what it's going to cost. Here's the down payment. Here's what we we haven't heard from anybody in our family after we started oh. uh, asking for down for money and down payments, saying you got to set this aside and do that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think anyone else is going with us. I think it's just going to be uh, us two going to to Negril. But we're going to have a great time so it's going to be a uh, you know an all-inclusive so where are you where are you going uh this town in jamaica called negril oh okay uh, never heard of it i hadn't either until she uh made this trip for it but uh there's an all-inclusive resort there and it looks amazing and I'm talking swim up pool uh pool swim up bars and uh Rooms where you can swim from the from your room to the bar to the you know to the pool and it, it, it looks like it's just an incredible place, great food and all that. So we're we're going, we're going to enjoy ourselves. I don't know if we're going to be, uh, I don't know if anyone else is going to be there, but we're going to be there. We're going to enjoy it. Uh, but the the cruise was was fun. I um, did not learn my uh, lesson about you know quit while you're ahead. I did that the last. Time, the last cruise, I, I went and played some poker and won some money and got the hell out of there and uh, got back with, with, with the profit, which is always a good thing. This time, 
did not learn that lesson. Went down there the last day of the cruise, played some ultimate, won some some, some cash. Was again, got off got off the table up, uh, did a full house and said, I think that's a sign, and got up and cashed out and and took my my hundred and hundred fifty dollars and went back to the room and, and felt really good about things. And then after dinner, I said, Yeah, I'm gonna go back. I think I, I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I have the itch. I feel like I'm 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 lucky. I'm gonna go right you know, it's just gonna be right before we pack up and get our, our bags ready for, for, for disembarkment. Uh just just a little while. Just I'm not gonna be down there too long. And then too long turned into an hour, hour and a half and uh, all the money that I won and plus the money that I had in my wallet uh, in addition to that and just there's everything is here, take everything, just take all my money. Um Bad, bad experience. Bad turn at the, the it happens. Bad turn at the table. Uh, that, that's the craziest thing about Ultimate to me, and you, and you witnessed it, and you can you, you vouch know, for it. You mentioned Ultimate. I kind of miss playing it because we had such a good time playing that out in Vegas, and I can't find it anywhere. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, they definitely have it at the casinos down here in in at Southland Park, the dog the dog uh, track. They have it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have it down in, uh, in in Tunica, which I haven't been there in years. But uh, no, it's, it it can go so great until it doesn't go great. I guess blackjack is sort of similar, but um, yeah, it's so, it's so weird how it, you're you, you're going great, you're running hot, you're having fun, and then you look up and half hour later, like what ha- what what happened? <laughs> oh, the cards just turned ugly on me. I don't know what in the world just. Like that, you can turn. Hey, what happened? Yeah, the dealer starts so pulling winners out of nowhere. Oh my god, They're pulling a, a pocket aces. When do you see the dealer pull pocket aces? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's about the time when you just get up. <laughs> Probably, yeah, I should have got up then, uh, or the time where four clubs, Take a break. Uh, four clubs at the table, and I had a club, so I decided to play, and then the dealer turns up the you know the ace of clubs, and they're like, oh well, fuck. Oh, <laughs> nothing you can do about that. Um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting trip. Uh, Orlando is odd. How many, uh, have, how many times have you been to Orlando? Have you ever been down there? I haven't been to Orlando since 1984. Ooh, okay. Um, so our hotel was like 45 minutes from the airport. Um, but that made sense because the port to, to get on the, the cruise was also 45 minutes from the airport. The port was like two minutes away from the, uh, from the hotel. Um, and that drive, that drive was just odd. It was just, if you judge, I know there's stuff in Orlando, but judging by that drive between the airport, uh, and the hotel, there's nothing in Orlando, but like trees and swamp and water. <laughs> it's just nothing there. I'm like, what, where is, what, where is everything? It's just. Uh, so you know the part of Orlando where Disney is and the, uh, the where the or their Magic Play the, the whatever the arena is down there and the um, the Space Center we didn't see any of that uh, it, it wasn't anywhere near where we were and I don't know where it co- could have possibly been because I didn't see any of that but um, we, we weren't we weren't there for any of that we were there for the cruise so I guess uh, it made sense but. Like, if you wanted to take a detour, if you wanted to leave the hotel and go find those places, it would have been a, a haul, I think, because I didn't see anything around the hotel at all. There was a Burger King across the street, and that's it. I didn't see anything else there. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? The, and then the cruise, uh, the 
you know, you made fun of me and, and texted me. Uh, I bet you had a, a great time, even though everything was horrible. Um, I, I try not to complain all the time, but there are complaints. You know, there are things. I, I didn't like this boat as as well as as I did the previous one. This was, it was World Caribbean again. This was Independence of the Seas we were on, and the cruise we took last trip was Odyssey of the Seas. This one was a little. This boat's a little smaller. Independence of the Seas a little smaller. Seemed like a little less of everything. All the amenities seemed like just a little less. There was less. Uh, drink options um, as far as soft drinks uh, when you're having uh, lunch and, and dinner and whatnot. Uh, there were uh, specialty restaurants were hard to get to. I was trying to get to a, to a Johnny Rockets up there to get a, a milkshake and it took forever for me to find the damn place. Um, <laughs> so it was, it just seemed to look a, a little less than, uh, than the previous boat uh, in, in certain areas. And then the balcony we had, um, the balcony itself was was fine, but on one side, family with a with a young kid wouldn't stop crying, wouldn't stop yelling. A lot of kids on this trip. It's it's middle of the summer, so no surprise there. But one side with the yelling kid, that's bad enough. On the other side, asshole with a phone, loud. Like every time we would pull off, yeah, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the Caribbean. Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't know what you want to do. I, very loud and smoked. You're not oh. supposed to smoke on these balconies. That's actually uh, against the law. And throwing, you know, the butts and the, the matches and stuff over the side, trying to set us on fire, basically. Like, dude, what, what kind of? He's going for the asshole of the year award, basically. And so that that's both sides. Uh, either way, either way, I just, you know, either got the guy smoking, uh, or the the kid out there that wouldn't stop crying and, and yelling and. and asking for things and whatnot. So it was not, not the best experience on a balcony. But I had a good time. I had a great time, really. <laughs> I lie. That's, that's the cherry on top right there. No. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was our trip. Um, I don't know what uh, what, what else we uh, – oh, I was going to uh, talk about some of the things that happened uh, – in football, uh, with training camp is starting to open up. Oh, um, you, you saw Julio Jones today because you were mentioning um, uh, twenty to three, and of course Julio Jones today decides, you know what? I'm at the end of my career. If you can't beat him, join him. So he goes and joins the quarterback that beat him, uh, that came back from twenty eight to three and beat him in the Super Bowl. So Julio Jones now a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer along with Tom Brady. Um, That'll I'm be good. great for three games <laughs> until he gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, Good luck to Julio. I don't know how much he has left, but uh, yeah, you know they were clamoring. They were clamoring up here for the Packers to sign him, and it's just like, well, you want to talk about the old like you'd have to Greg Popovich the hell out of him. That's all I'm going to say. Sure, the old DNP old (laughs) load management. Load management would be the key. I mean, if you if you want to baby him along and just keep him and like don't let him. I mean. And that's so hard. If you don't let him practice, he's going to go out there. He's rusty. He's going to pull a hammy. He's going to, yeah, I, I, I fear for Julio Jones, but he's just such a big guy, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not easy on him. His body is clearly uh, not what it used to be. Clearly, uh, you know, giving giving way on him a little bit, and yeah, like that's I don't know how much he's got. I I, I have no idea. Um, but you know we'll we'll see. No, he's not. He was. He's not going to the Packers. The Packers don't want to give Garen Rodgers weapons. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> I think they've proven that. 
Hey, I don't know what's going on there, but no, that's he's way too good for, for what the Packers are doing right now. They're going to try to win with uh, was it Sammy Watkins and a rookie. That's going to be uh, yeah. guys. That's what they're going with. Uh-huh. And then Alan Lazar. Yeah, and, go and get him, guys. Alan Lazard, the corpse of Randall Cobb, uh, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, and rookies. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and Bob Tunyon. <laughs> and Aaron, jo- Aaron Jones might be their leading receiver. You want to be an MVP, Rogers? Go get them. Show them what you're made of. Yeah. I would not be shocked if the Packers running backs lead their team in receptions. That's uh, so all the the camps are starting to open up. I think every every team's in camp now, and it's it, it's it's real. It's. I mean, yeah, Hall of Fame game started. next week. That's right. I mean, we go. From, um, we, we, we we it it goes quick, and I've got so much stuff going on in August, and August is just going to fly by. I mean, we're going to be at. Uh, uh, you know, season preview, like before mm-hmm. we know it. Yep, in end of August. Um, I communicated with Renard, and um, he made it sound like it, it's not going to be uh, so easy to get a show with him and Cass because, according to him, Cass is uh, driving a truck now and is not, uh, you know, easily available. You know, truck drivers. Uh, Judy, uh, my my wife's best friend and, and her maid of honor, uh, used to drive a truck. So I'm a little familiar with how you can be just not there for days at a time, or maybe even weeks at a time, just not home, just on the road, nowhere, no 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 way to contact you, no way to uh, you know, uh, well, you can, I guess you can contact, but you know, no way to like, go. Yeah, I'll do a football show. You know, it's not going to be so easy to get a, to get a hold of her. So we're we're in limbo as far as that. Goes. Um, if uh, I'll, I'll contact him again, and um, if it seems like it's going to be trouble again, then I'll just uh, ask him if he wants to come on by himself, yeah. and we'll just have a, a Skinner reunion with, with, with Bernard. Yeah. Or if it comes together quick, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. You know, I'm pretty easy to track down. So if you need something to come together quick, and you're like, hey, I got him, and it's going to be a short notice as long as I'm not out of town or something crazy or somebody's birthday, you know, I'll right. be there. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get everything arranged, and it always seems to work out in the end. Well, I don't want uh, you running up your minutes here. If you, if you have anything else, uh, we can... oh, I'm good. I had a it was a fun show, and we're back already next week. You know, and we're starting. Yeah. We're this is what it is when we get out of Hall of Infamies. Now is we're starting to get back into a okay. We're going to be doing this every week again here soon. Right, right. We get off of that little summer break, and then all of a sudden we're back into doing shows every week, sometimes twice a week. It feels like that summer break just started, and it's it's, it's almost, almost August. Over. I know my <laughs> kids feel the same way. Yeah, I think I'm, I can understand. I, yeah, I feel their pain. I feel their pain. They've only got six weeks, uh, maybe five, 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 six weeks of, of summer left, and then they're back in school. Damn. Well, that's how it goes. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to ramp up to our 10th year of doing the podcast. I say it every time just because I still can't believe we've been doing it for that long. Um, but, yeah, I'll be ready with the uh, the football show next week. Um, definitely uh, in the air for what day that's going to be. It's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, somewhere in there. Um, very, very easily could be Thursday. I can very easily see my, my wife telling me, uh, yeah, we're yeah. going to, to her uncle's uh, for the weekend, and no, you're not doing a damn podcast over there. If that's what you need, just let me know. 
yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. As, well, that's as your as show, can... so that's more like you know, it's the opposite of the night. You know, you'll you'll talk and I'll react. That's right. All my uh, uh, hall of infamy induction duties and and figuring out that there's a still a long list. I can I don't know if I'm going back to the 50s like you with uh, with football, but uh... <laughs> 1962. Okay. That's the farthest I went back. I've actually got enough that didn't make the cut for baseball for next time. Right. That's just. It's crazy, you know, how I'm just checking things off the list and it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to do these five. This feels this feels right. I'm going to talk about these. I've still got a whole I I've, I've got one that hasn't made the cut every time so far, but it's still on the list. It's like, okay, eventually I'll get around to it. Hmm. It might be on my list. Might maybe be. I'll, maybe I'll knock it out uh, next time. So we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. All right, unless you have anything else, I think we're we're done here. Nope, I just got to say I'm sorry. And there's a drive into deep left field by Castellanos. That'll make it a four to nothing ball game. <sighs> Timeless. And I was going to put that in. I swear I was. So that's part of the laughter. The laughter is you laughing at what I put in, but laughing at me beating you to putting it in. Like, damn it! I, uh, of course he got to that before I did. Of course that's his. his uh, his last injury. Ah, uh, the, the your last two injuries uh, spanked your two two guys off of my list. Well, so you were you're right all, yeah. all right all over that. You're welcome. <laughs> and it's making a little and castle out of the support. I think. All right, he is Jay, I am Dre. This has been the Baseball Hall of Infamy class of 2022 induction ceremony. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And I will be back sometime next week, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and give you our football Hall of Infamy induction ceremony. And definitely looking forward to talking to you all then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.